Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 434, and today we'll be talking about Gentle Touch from Bee and Puppy Cat. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, what an episode to finally tell my TV that yes, you are allowed to show subtitles. I don't think Puppy Cat's little story arc would have made any sense at all without <laughs> subtitles. Well, and it would have made an already very gentle <laughs> and lackadaisical episode uh, even more confusing and more likely that your mind might just wander while watching it. <laughs> After the first three action-packed episodes, this one presses the brakes hard and lets you just hang out with uh, <laughs> with with the wizards while Puppycat, you know, goes through his little arc of trying to be strong and cool. I was waiting for those hands to mess them up, but they never did. They're like, oh, great, now my skin is all irritated. I have to go get some lotion. Yeah, <laughs> they they didn't even bother bringing in the antagonist this episode, which is good. But it also shows that Puppy Cat really wants to keep that in the background and not involve B in any way. Uh, but for anyone who you know hasn't watched this episode, the the summary is pretty short. It is in two parts. In the first part of the episode, we see uh, a lengthy flashback showing the wizards trying to take a photo together. And uh, we see that B comes in clutch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, B used to hang out under the counter and maybe be fed sometimes uh, by Deckard. And yeah, <laughs> that that's the entire plot. And we watch some cats move around. And then in the second half, in the present day, B wants to, you know, be useful and maybe show that she can pay for her meal. But she has to go to, you know, space again to earn some money for it. <laughs> and Puppy Cat, the entire episode, has been trying to prove that he is cool because he is infatuated <laughs> with uh, Wesley's effortless cool, his Fonzie style cool. Yes. And we have an amazing montage of B and. Well, not montage, just a, a beautiful scene hanging out on the boat with, with Wesley B and Puppy Cat. And everything that Wesley does is perfect. <laughs> From a effortless smack of his cooler, to grabbing his drink, to even getting pooped on by a bird and the poop is just a skull. So watching Puppy Cat freak out and, and fanboy was uh, a truly adorable and wonderful thing. But and entirely <laughs> communicated through subtitles. Yes, you did need your subtitles to know it. Although the physical comedy comes in strong because for some reason Puppy Cat thinks going into the cat cafe and punching some newborn kittens would impress Wesley. <laughs> and of course, Puppy Cat has super soft hands. <laughs> they like it and I'm trying to make them not like it. <laughs> yes. The this episode's cute too because B takes what puppy cat does very seriously which no one else does so she freaks out seeing him trying to punch kittens but he can't punch kittens his hands are too adorably soft and squishy it is very reminiscent of the bully episode in spongebob where it turns out that flats can't really land a blow and <laughs> it's spongebob is made of some sort of soft, soft spongy material but yeah so that continues in on the planet that they travel to where there's some little dandelion aliens who are trying to get rid of their babies. And 
Puppy Cat uses his incredibly soft punches to gently break apart the baby puffs so that they'll float away in space. And none of the aliens know what a phone is, they just think they have one. (laughs) Yes, they try to get a group photo, and there's just a nice, classic, ten-second-long scene where the aliens keep approaching just twigs on the ground and asking, or not even asking, are they asking if they have a phone, or are they just saying, yeah, I have a phone? She asks, hey, do you guys have a phone? It's like, oh, yeah. She's like, no, no, a phone. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I have this. Yeah. (laughs) No, a phone! Oh, no, I guess I don't. (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, this was such a strong start to Lost in Space because it is so endearing and you spend a long time at the Cat Cafe really getting a sense of this family, which is important because Deckard is now off at school. So he's still involved in the plot. We still see him doing a text convo with B. You know, it's actually funny that this is the episode where Deckard is starting culinary school, and I just finished the campaign mode of Battle Chef Brigade this morning, so... Coincidence? I think not! (laughs) It's funny how life works out like that when you're a huge nerd. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you watch enough media, or play enough media, you'll, you'll find some coincidences. Hey, I had the same coincidence with Wolfstride and Witches Before Wizards in the Owl House, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shock full of coincidences. But yeah, I, uh, you know, let's give a shout out to Howell because he's an interesting character too. I know it's easy to just focus on the adorableness of Puppy Cat or the coolness of Wesley, but like, I enjoy Howell. I feel his struggle to just want to be beautiful and important all the time (laughs) and you know despite the fact that he fired b we see his struggle with running the restaurant and he's not that put together either and he is only a little rude to be trying to uh you know call out her behavior at her job while he's taking her order but he still you know never intended to make her pay for the food and He probably knew she couldn't under normal circumstances. Yeah, of course. I don't think he should be charging for food because the food is uh, nightmarish black goo, uh, which stands in stark contrast to everything else that's so cute (laughs) in the episode. Yeah, horrifying. that is next level awful on on their food there. Which, unfortunately, we see Deckard is also making desserts with the same black slime all over them, or at least they're very burnt. Well, that's baking. You think that the waffle would have been okay because that's something that you have to like that's a doughy thing you have to apply heat to wouldn't that count as baking? Uh, so yeah. that would be something that Deckard wouldn't have been responsible for unless it doesn't count unless it goes into an oven. Possible. Well, I mean the waffle was the best looking thing B got because most of it wasn't covered in black goo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ugh. Guys, th- there exists in your time the internet. Maybe you could use it to look up some recipes. It is impressive how bad they are at cooking. Even Wesley, you know, he's too cool to be a good chef, (laughs) I guess. He's too concerned with where he's going to put his fish. He needs to protect them from all of the cats. I like that he wants to put them in the bathroom and no, he doesn't want to be asked why he wants to do the things he wants to do. (laughs) I think we can all relate. (laughs) Why did he want to put them in? Is that explained later, or is just Wesley going to be forever a mystery to us? 
the fish continue to exist in episodes. He does have a more meaningful encounter with fish later, but I can't recall the fish he's previously captured as having any connection. Mm. So he just likes fish. I mean, it is interesting to see how everyone is aware of bee stuff as well. He fishes and frequently finds bees discarded electronic sci-fi nonsense in the water. So, you know, it's a possibility that fishing is also related to helping the fish because he just likes them and they are getting harmed by all of the space junk waste in the in the ocean. Yeah, do they do they ever deal with cleaning up that space junk or does the bottom of the sea just remain these junk heap? They B has to grow up sometime. Oh, does this mean she has to go buy a car wash from someone? Because <laughs> that's what happened when Greg decided he had to grow up sometime. <laughs> I I don't think B is going to start a small business, but she might have to go okay. into the water sometime. Well, if she ever needs a shirt washed or needs to buy a novelty t-shirt, I'm sure Vidalia's got her back. <laughs> yeah. Well, she can always use her IOU system, too, if she's looking for yeah. any freebies. I enjoy that how cute the little IOUs are and that she had to deal with two in one day. <laughs> and and that was just him signing the first one, like the, yes, her yes. coming out on the fishing trip. Okay, that wasn't him giving her another one no. to, to come in. Okay, good. No, he's good. just too cool to have remembered the first time, right? He just has to come back with his sexy signature the second time. Because I, I was expecting him to use an IOU to get her to come in. She's probably passed a lot of those things yeah. at uh, some point. I mean, they, they could probably have her work. Like, if, if she were half a decent cook, they could probably have her save the cafe with all the IOUs they've built up. <laughs> if I interpret the scene correctly, I'm pretty sure that was just him coming back out with the signature. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was. Because she didn't act. She didn't feel obligated. She only went in because she didn't like puppy cat punching the kittens so yeah. it would have been a waste of an iou anyway did did you count how many kittens there were to figure out if wesley has trouble counting kittens i wasn't sure if his he was holding up eight fingers <laughs> yeah that's that's what i was noticing i never thought to count the kittens though right like are there actually eight kittens and he just was saying the wrong number or is he saying the right number and he just can't count on his fingers which is extremely funny. Maybe there were eight born and one of them died, and that's why he holds up the eight. I don't know. Well, that's extremely dark. That would be a dark, depressing uh, <laughs> reason. So I'm just hoping that Wesley is bad with finger counting. It, it feels like one of those... It wasn't played off that way, but I could imagine an animation error where somehow eight fingers are drawn, so you go back and record over, <laughs> and somehow whatever scene they were doing now... The scene is just them discussing, how many cats? Seven? Yeah, seven. Seven. <laughs> and just replacing, but... I just remember the last time we thought they had made a counting error was in when we were discussing the campfire episode of Summer Camp Island. It's like, oh no. They knew exactly how many ghosts lived in the, what was it, the hot chocolate packets? Where we were having the question of how many ghosts lived in there? Oof. Yeah. She started with one. And then it was, what, seven? And it's like, well, we had however many she said in the second time, plus the one she said initially lived there. So, yeah, I think it was intentional. I don't know what the character building is there, though. Is Wesley supposed to be mm. 
like unintelligent in a cool way. Like cool people are above using their brain too much. <laughs> Is that the justification or what? I don't, it's not really brought up again. That doesn't seem like the message. Wesley doesn't strike me as stupid in any other way. So that, that would definitely not be what's going on. No. Which is why my brain goes to dark places. Well, this show will go into darkish places, but not as dark as harming any, any cats or mentioning any loss of cat life. Sweaty napkin cat. Sweaty napkin cat. Uh, you know. Some of the cats look weird, like the little baby of the... I, I loved her describing Charles as emotionally distant. You have to let him come to you. And then it looks and she's like, I don't think she was literally reading it off the wall, but that's his blurb on the wall. Yeah, the cat blurbs were so cute. <laughs> Likes attention. Dislikes attention. That was the perfect summation of cats in that one. Like, they must have been sitting on that one for a long time. <laughs> Since it was in Lost in Space and not in the original minisodes. Okay, now speaking of the the original minisodes versus the, the Lost in Space portion, as we discussed earlier, the first three episodes of this Netflix series are retellings of the original YouTube episodes. But they were they came later. They may play first, but they were created after Lost in Space was finished. Yeah. And like you could really tell this episode here has that like First episode weirdness in the animation. I think that a lot of that is because, well, we're drawing the... This is a flashback, so it looks different. And it really threw me. Yeah, it's interesting that the way it's constructed, because I think that's also why the episode is so much smaller in scope of the plot and why very little happens. It is your reintroduction to being Puppy Cat if you had waited whatever it was, five, six years since finishing the last minisode in 2016. And that's why we, you know, focus on the family a little more. We make everybody line up in the family photo based on age. You know, you kind of do those little bits of world building again. And that's why Tempbot tells you about the, the hands that are attacking the planets. And they're like, oh, yeah, since you know, exactly. it's Deckard to go to culinary school. Right, versus, you know, now we just saw episode three, so it feels weird for Tempot to be summarizing the hands. It's like, isn't that the exact last thing that just happened to be at Puppy Cat? <laughs> what I think they know. I'm just checking. I could have sworn that you promised me this episode we would get more toast, but we did not get more toast. Uh, Well, toast is coming, but I guess it wasn't in episode four, which I'm actually a little surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. Knowing what I know about what happens next to Toast, uh, I guess I could hint at it for you, but the fact that one of the brothers who returned from doctor school came back mm -hmm. is an important uh, important detail. So we had to have him come back home first. Okay, Merlin the, the nonconformist. Merlin the black-haired, quiet guy who no one <laughs> actually, well not no one, Wesley allows him the time to respond to the question how was doctor school? To which he just gives a silent thumbs up. <laughs> nice. I, I don't know how well it went for him because I don't recall him performing any doctor duties in this season. Maybe he helps with like a small injury from B or something. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> She's chock full of small injuries. Exactly. 
the only person we really see dutifully working in this family is again i'm just gonna say enid because if she her name isn't said in the episode then i'm gonna keep forgetting it Cass, lord almighty come on david if i'm remembering character names for you something's gone terribly wrong yeah the the person we only see earnestly working is Cass, which she also has to do that again this episode because apparently it's her turn to pay rent and uh <laughs> which that's that's not too bad a system when there's so many siblings. Nobody holds out on Cardamon. No one. I've seen what he can do with that fishing pole. I, I'm surprised they are so... I, I guess, on the one hand, they're probably not feeling threatened by him. They probably more feel obligated to give the kid money because it's a little kid coming to be their landlord every month. Gummy snacks don't buy themselves, you know. No. This this episode was, though, very, very funny because, you know, Being Puppycat is a very slow-paced, gentle series. And this was a slow-paced, gentle episode of Being Puppycat, wouldn't you say? Probably one of the gentlest by its subject matter <laughs> and, it, you know, its actual feeling. And title. Yeah. But you know what I did as soon as I finished watching this episode? I went to YouTube and I finished watching, at double speed as I always do, a video of a dude who talks fairly quickly. Uh, You know, YouTubers usually slow it down. This guy does not slow his speech down. So he's talking very quickly for a YouTuber and I'm watching him at double speed and it's like, whoa, this this was normal to me before I watched this episode. Now he (laughs) sounds very fast by comparison. That's so funny. The episode like slowed down your life a bit. I mean, that's a nice compliment. It's the meditative quality of watching being puppy cat it just can take you down i just got into the zone <laughs> change your change your cadence change your circadian rhythms and then when life is so abrupt and, and rude and sudden you can say wait i've been in a better place <laughs> i'm gonna go yeah. back <laughs> and just hang out in the cat cafe again it would be nice i'm I, I will say uh, maybe these cats are not the cats I would prefer to be in a cat cafe with. <laughs> I might prefer a different batch. Yeah, they are little cat holes. <laughs> Poor things. Ain't it the truth? Making, making Bee's life so hard, she had to get the sweaty mop on them at the opening of the episode. Uh, thankfully, I thought for sure she was going to ruin that picture. But like I said, she came in clutch. Everything was great. Yeah. That's so funny uh, that I I didn't actually look up if somehow icing was bad for cat kidneys, but I like that (laughs) B was so intimately aware of the, you know, physical toil (laughs) that would happen. Oh, well. Yeah, it's good for her butt to sit on, not for the cats to eat. (laughs) Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Gentle Touch. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.